It's rare, but it can happen. In our last show, we discovered that one hour was not enough to explore all of my guest's life. So, in part two of my interview with Bert Ward, we investigate life after being a superhero, his marriage to a powerful woman, and the focus of his daily passion. I'm Dr. Alan Campbell, and this is Watching America. All my life, watching America. All my life, it's panic in America. From WHRV Norfolk, this is Watching America. How would you feel if people only thought of you as you were when you were 21? It would be as if you were ossified in the minds of others, perceived as perhaps somewhat stagnant. Many celebrities fall prey to the public failing to realize a star's continued growth outside of the spotlight. Consider the boy wonder, Burt Ward, as 1966 Robin of Batman fame. He has long since ceased to be a boy wonder off camera, for he is in fact a man wonder. For in many regards, the most interesting and rewarding years of his life have come after Batman. This is part two of a two-part interview with Burt Ward. Part one is available as a download. We began this segment of Watching America considering his personal life after the successful TV series. Let's talk about the love of your life. Uh, being a movie star or TV star, certainly, it's inevitable that many lovely ladies will come in your way. But you have selected the creme de la creme, best girl in your life, the lovely Tracy Posner. And you had a basically educational program for children that she was interested in. And it was to instill good values in children. And she offered to buy it. Now, I, it's, it's no hidden mystery here that a Tracy... Uh, is the daughter of the billionaire Victor Posner. And um, right. so she bought, as I understand it, your business for $11 million. No, 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 no. I got to stop you. Let me tell you what happened real okay. quick. Tracy, her whole life, has been into charity. She and her father own 3,600 companies with annual sales of $26 billion. Um, she had 200,000 employees. They, they, uh, Her father became the most famous corporate raider in America. And at the time that I had met her, uh, she and her father, on average, every week bought a company for 150 million to 200 million a week. Wow. And she owned. You know, you've heard of Arby's. They make roast mm -hmm. sandwiches. Yes, yes, yes. Cold. Anyway, she wanted to do charity work, and she was already working for her father 20 hours a day, seven days a week, which was more than double what mm. anybody else would do, maybe triple. Yes. And but her father found out on the four hours that she didn't work on for his companies, two of them she slept, and the other two she did charity work. And he didn't want her to do that charity work. Not that he wasn't for charity, but he wanted it within his company. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. So he, he told her, as I found out later, he said, look, I'll find a company that does your charity work so you can focus your energy on running our empire together. So he found, and, and at the time, I was running a publicly traded company and because he was in the stock, and that's how he found out about it. And it was focused on family values. We had a program called uh, a night with the stars that you put on to raise money for charities. We had uh, an early bird learning program that taught kids values in, in at preschool so that hopefully when they learn in preschool honesty and integrity, they'll grow up to espouse those values. So he sent her out with $10 million to buy an interest in my company. She didn't even want to meet because not that she didn't want to meet me. She was doing her own stuff. Plus, she, she is an amazing as a writer of songs and she wanted to work on her records and all of this kind of, she could do anything she wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yes. So her father basically said, now, wait a minute, you have to go and meet him. Now in this, she, she said, you, he said, you waited. Now it's the end of the week. It's Friday at six o'clock at night. Uh, you know, you call him now. And if he's not there, we, we'll know he's not one of us on a Friday night in his office. Right. If he's not there, then you can come home. 
But if you don't call him, you're going to be staying there over the weekend. You're going to have to call him and go see him on Monday. Because I want you, I want to have this company let somebody else do this while you work with me on, on our empire. She waited for like 7.30. She called absolutely confident that I wouldn't answer the phone. But no, anything I do, I'm totally into it. Yes. So there I was in my office working on a Friday night, 7.30. We talked for two hours straight. We ended up getting together on Sunday, the day before she went back. We talked for 12 hours straight. And, and, and at the end of the 12 hours, I wanted to kiss her on the cheek. Good night. Just kiss her on the cheek. Good night. And she said, nope, I wouldn't kiss anybody unless I was going to marry him. And, and when, of course, when she tells the story, her end was five minutes after I left, she realized she was going to marry me and she should have kissed me. But the oh, next day she flew to New York, I called her and I said, you need to come back and marry me. She said, I know. And then she called her father and said that she had gotten married. She didn't say that she'd fallen in love. She said she'd gotten married. He said, what? What are you talking about? He, you know, he thought it was a joke at first, but he didn't, after about two or three minutes, he didn't think it was a joke anymore because he had told her when she was a child, whatever you do, Tracy, whatever you do, don't ever move to California and don't marry an actor. Mm. It was instilled in her from age three on. Anyway, so we fall in love. She, we, she comes back out here and her father because he didn't want her to leave. He wanted her to be there with him. He called me and offered me $10 million to send her back. Okay. Wow. And I, and I said, sir, that's an incredible amount of money. And thank you for the kind offer. Cause I was always brought up to be very respectful for people. Yes. With people yeah. Always. Yes. Uh, no matter if I agreed with him or not, I, you know, and, and, and I said, but I, I can't accept cause I really do love your daughter and I want to marry. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you would think, that a father who had just tried to upset a potential marriage, then she never, I mean, she didn't even date people, okay? This was like the, the ultimate daddy's daughter work in the business, that when she finally meets somebody, that you wouldn't believe that he would try to undo it. And then if yeah. he was going to try to undo it, to call her and tell her he tried to undo it. But he called her and told her that, that I was an idiot for not taking the $10 million to send her back. And then she called me. And guess what she did, Alan? She what? yelled at me. She yelled at me. Why? She said, my father told me you were a schmuck. He says, she says, you are a schmuck. You should have taken the $10 million. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, how did how did this resolve itself? I mean, I, there's a comical side, but there's also a very serious side. I mean, one of the things I'm aware of, Bert, when talking to you is your humanity, your personhood. You are more than Robin. You f- are far more than an entrepreneur with businesses. You're a human being. You're a, a very impassioned human being. How did the two of you square that with uh, Tracy's father? I mean, did you were you able to bury the hatchet, so to speak, or was it always awkward? How did oh, you resolve oh, no, no. it? It took a year before I, we, we didn't meet for a year. I, I you know, uh, and, and when we did meet, she said, Bert, you know, this is my father. I mm. love my father incredibly. Yes. And, yes. and I'm going to marry you, but it's only right that you meet my father. And I said, you're right. So we, we went to meet her father. We landed at Miami airport. We were met with two limousines. Why two limousines? Mm. One for our luggage and one for us. Yes. And all these bodyguards that were armed, <laughs> the real thing. Yes, yes. We went to her father's building and and, and up to the 17th floor, and and we got out there, and you have to have a key to get to the top three floors. You didn't climb up the side of the building? No, I I wanted to, but but let me tell you, but we got up there, and I walked down this hallway that, I mean, it must have been a a quarter of a mile. I mean, this building was on the beach, uh, unbelievable. And and one thing you notice is that every, every 50 feet, you look... And on either side of, of the of the corridor there on the wall is an original Norman Rockwell painting, right? I mean, wow, <laughs> yes. You can only imagine we get to his office, which was seventy two thousand square feet, personal office. I mean, it was just an unbelievable thing. And but I will tell you, I will tell you one little spicy story, if I may. Yes, please. And so we were going to have dinner at his house that night, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, I mean, we had dinner on his wing, his six thousand square foot wing of thirty thousand square foot house, which was the largest beach house at the time in Florida. Anyway, so we 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 were having dinner there, and Tracy, being the oh the perfect daughter, and really uh, it turned out to be the perfect fiance and the perfect wife. She had me sit next to her father, and and you know when you're in the presence of somebody that powerful. Yes. At least for me, mm. you, you know, you don't speak, you don't, you don't feel comfortable speaking. And you obviously know 
I'm not shy about speaking. No, you're not. But certainly I'm not. Incredibly comfortable, uncomfortable about speaking, and I and I'm I'm trying not to choke on my food, and then all of a sudden, halfway through the dinner, I feel a tap on my arm, and he's, he's nudging me on my arm, and he says to me, "Listen, fella, I just want to ask you one question." And I'm like, I'm stunned. He's speaking to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What do I do? I'm thinking lightning fast. And, but always got to be polite. I said, uh, you, you know, he said, I will ask you one question. I said, yes, Mr. Posner. And he said, here it comes. Uh, hold your ears. How did you manage to bullshit my daughter into loving you? <laughs> and, oh. and I thought for a minute and I realized this is a very powerful man. This is a man that, you know, he's like, he can have anything he wants. Yes. He's reached a pinnacle in, in, of success in his business, right? Right. And, and I thought to myself, well, I've got to stand my ground, but i got to be polite. So when he asked me, how did you manage to blank my, my daughter into loving you? I said, well, Mr. Posner, we all have to be good at something. <laughs> and so what I did, I took the blame for something that I didn't do. Yes. Which, you know, you have to be pretty strong to take the blame for something yes. you didn't do. Yes. And he stopped for a minute. And actually started to laugh. And he shook his <laughs> finger and he says, I like that. I like that. And yeah. the next night, and listen, when we go to dinner with her father, you know something is strange when you go into a, the most expensive restaurants in Miami on a Saturday night and you're the only ones in the restaurant. Wow. You kind of wonder, why are you the only ones in the restaurant? Because so he booked the entire to, restaurant. And, and, and going through the bar to get to the main restaurant, He's got all these bodyguards. It's like he had his own private army. And Tracy, who is like just the most loving, naive, in a, in a nice way, innocent, perfect daughter and perfect fiance, she says, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I, I, I've got the greatest father in the world and the greatest fiance in the world. And her oh. father says, well, at least one of those is right. And I said, oh, but Mr. Posner, she loves you, too. <laughs> I love your pithy witticisms. You're quick, kid. You're quick. You really are. I mean, it just your intellect um, is is formidable. It, it is very, very powerful. And well, well, Alan, I just have to say one thing. If the good thing that you interviewed me first and didn't talk to Tracy first, because if you talked <laughs> to my wife Tracy, you would think I was a mute. She she out talks me ten to one. She thinks faster than me. I, I'm sure I will. I'm challenged by you. I mean, I would love to have the two of you on because there's such a dynamism. Speaking about the dynamic duo, I think you two are a dynamic duo. Now, this dynamic duo, though, loves doggies. And yes. so we go dynamic duo doggies, triple D. We moved here in uh, 26 years ago uh-huh. and because we had a three-year-old daughter and, and we wanted to get her a dog. Uh, Tracy had been brought up with Irish wolfhounds. Uh, I always had a fascination about Great Danes, mm. and we started to find, look around, and we found, we heard that there was a Great Dane that needed to be rescued. We rescued that Dane, and then because we kind of put out feelers, we heard about others that needed rescue. We took a second one, and then the others we we didn't take. They weren't in shelters because we would have taken, mm-hmm. because, but they were still in people's houses. So we thought, well, they'll find a home for them. We later found out everyone we didn't take was given up to a shelter and put to death. Oh, no. And we said, my God, what an injustice. It was yes. the first week in August of 1994. And I said to my wife, Tracy, we can't let these dogs die. We got to do something. It turned out that the lady that had the rescue for Great Danes had died herself. So there was nobody to rescue them. So we started taking Great Danes. And I said to her, look, I promise you, Tracy, within a couple of weeks, we'll find somebody else to take this over, right? Well, it's been 26 years, Alan. I'm still waiting. Yeah, you did it. Take over. It's 15 thousand five hundred yes. dogs who wow. lived in our house the last 26 years we never have less than 50 in our house wow. and we have 54 more than 50 in our house right now we have a special permit in our city we have, we have a fabulous environment for them to live in and they're like our big babies now some of them weigh 300 pounds right yeah well up to you we've only had a couple at 300 pounds most people have never seen uh, a 200-pound dog, much less a 300-pound dog. We had the world's largest dog here. His name was Avalanche, okay? He had an, a unique thing he would do. If you were seated, he, I mean, 305 pounds, he stood on his hind legs, seven foot five. That is four inches taller than Shaquille O'Neal. His back in, in our kitchen, the kitchen counter, average kitchen height counter is 40 inches. At the lowest part of his back, the lowest part, he was 45 and a half inches. Uh, on all fours, and okay, it's like a horse in your house. 
I've heard elsewhere that you have 33 pound bags that you sell, and I, w- I want to know about your, 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 your dog um, yeah, chemistry in, in a moment. In a but nutshell, six, 600 it? pounds a day of food you need, that's 16 yeah, bags yeah, a day, yeah. 112 bags a week. Uh, yes, exactly. And, and here's the thing when you go to the trouble of saving a life, you want them to live longer. Here's the key thing of, of all that we've accomplished. The biggest thing in my mind that I've accomplished is life is the most precious commodity in the world, Alan. Yes. And these dogs are living seven to nine years. We now have dogs living up to 27 and a half years because we designed the most unique dog food in the world. We don't even take money from it. This is, I mean, don't take any salary from it. This is our charity. And we've got a dog food. It's called General Giants. And we now we're sold in Walmarts across the country, in Target, online, in Petco, PetSmart, Walmart, Target, Chewy. Every place sells our food. But by creating a feeding and care program, which people can read about on our website at GeneralGiantsDogFood.com. There's a special section called General Giants Special Feeding and Care Program. We spent 26 years learning what people can read and learn in less than 25 minutes. And, and following this stuff, people can have their dogs live into their late 20s. And people say to me, oh, well, if a dog could live that long, it certainly wouldn't have much energy. And I say, oh, no, you don't understand. They're running around like puppies in their 20s. Yes. And they're so healthy. So healthy, and I don't know if you have a pet, Alan, but our dogs Two are so cats, healthy. But I've had dogs okay. in the past. Right, our 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 dogs are so healthy. The only time they go to a veterinarian is every three years for a ten dollar rabies update because our food and our feeding and care program, how we care for them, is so unique and so different. And the only way we discovered this is living twenty four seven for twenty six years with more than 50 dogs in our house, not in a yard, not in another building, in our bedroom, in our living room, in our bathroom, in our kitchen, everywhere, every minute of every day for 26 years, caring for more than 50 dogs living in our house. We, and no ego here, we know more about dogs and caring for dogs, I believe, than anybody in the world. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Watching America. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Campbell, and my guest is Bert Ward. Robin from the 1966 Batman television series. This is the second part of a two-part interview. The first part is available upon download. Don't miss that fans, the show which gave a big breath of fresh air. Don't, don't miss it. Bert, I want to interject here and say something important. Um, I want the audience to know that I would not permit somebody to come on the show and promote something unless I believed in it. And moreover, I want to hasten to add for every listener, there is not a penny that goes to Burt Ward nor his lovely wife, Tracy, related to this. It is a complete non-profit. And the other person who has the same standard of not allowing anyone to come on their show to promote something without um, it being legitimate and real is Ellen DeGeneres. And you're friends with Ellen DeGeneres, and many of Ellen DeGeneres' friends have also acquired your animals and adopted them. So what I'm trying to say to everyone listening into the Watching America audience, this is not hype. This is not a grandiose trying to please a celebrity. It is a valid, real product extending dog life. And um, a part of that is the composition of, of what you put into your food. What are you putting into the dog food? I love the term that you, you talk about as diving deep. If we had more time, I would explain to you how we actually do it. Okay? Explain this it. It's all science. It's science. Well, let me tell you, give you some, an, an idea. First of all, our food is different from every other dog food in a couple of major respects. Number one, there are no GMOs in our dog food, no genetically modified organisms. On our website, we recently put up a video. Uh, we didn't make it. We don't even know the veterinarians who made it. But all these very prominent veterinarians all across the country were talking about the, the, the problem created by GMOs, where they were saying, the, the vet would say, I would see in the past, one or two dogs a month that had cancer. Now I'm seeing four or five a week, and we believe it's the GMOs in the food. So we're one of the very few companies that have no genetically modified organisms in our food because it costs so much more. And, you know, if we wanted to make a profit, we certainly wouldn't do what we've done because there's no way to make money when you yeah. do things the right way, when yeah. you do it for the right reason, not for the money, but for the life of the animals, the very best that there is. So that's one thing. Secondly, we use chelated minerals. What is that? Well, uh, dog food companies, and not everyone, but I, I would say the majority of them, would love dogs to eat and eat and eat 
And whatever they ate come out the other end so that they can have to keep eating and eating to get nutrition. Well, dogs' bodies wear out much faster than human beings. One of the things that we discovered is that if you can create a food that the dog eats less of and gets all the same nutrition, okay, which is the exact opposite of what dogs would come, they want you to eat all lots of food and keep buying it. We want dogs to eat less of our food. It's less digestive effort. That less digestive effort reduces the stress in the dog's body. In other words, I'm going to tell you a very real thing that any of your listeners who have dogs are going to know, that the average dog, by the time it's seven or eight years old, starts to have a problem getting up. It yes. starts to have a problem walking. Arthritis and within a few years, yeah. it could be any number of things. Within, within a few years, it can't get up anymore, Alan. And when the dog starts to poop and pee on itself, that's when people take it to a veterinarian to be euthanized, which is incredibly sad because, one, the dog is perfectly alert, right? They're yes. mentally perfectly yeah. alert. Yeah. Two, they trust you. You've been their parent for all these years. They would never suspect you're putting them to death but they can't get up anymore. Well, just like if you had a drought where you live and your city would ration water, we have found a way to conserve a dog's energy. So that energy, just like I use the example on Batman, when you turn up the hourglass and, and turn it upside down and the sands of time are running out. Mm. Well, let me tell you, when that sand, which in, in the correlation is the dog's energy, when that runs out, it's over for us as well as, you know, it's, it's for the dog in terms of us keep, keeping the dog alive. Yes. So what we do is we slow it down. We slow it down so it lasts longer. That doesn't mean the dog doesn't get to play. They play all they want. But here's an example of slowing it down. Number one, if you in your life have ever gone out maybe to a buffet or something and eaten too much and you come home and you literally have to lie down. To oh, oh, I can't food. relate to that. How dare you insinuate oh, such okay. a thing? <laughs> I, I know. But, but here's the thing, Alan. What was happening is your body was saying, we can't do anything else till we digest this food. We're not doing anything else. Well, when you only feed a dog once or twice a day, like almost everybody in America does, you're making that dog go through that massive digestive effort and is prematurely wearing their bodies out. If you went to your own medical doctor, Alan, and you were to ask your doctor the following question, doctor, am I better off eating one or two big meals a day or four or five smaller meals a day? Alan, you know the answer. Four Four or five five smaller. smaller. Yes. Well, just imagine a dog. It is a much heightened issue to do it with a dog. So that alone helps. Secondly, when what do people do when they go to feed their dogs and, and give them water to drink? They put the bowl on the floor. Yes. I don't think you and I eat our breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the floor. No. But you need to elevate it. Why do you need to elevate it? Because just think, the dog leans down to get some water and drinks, comes up, then leans down to get the food, chews comes up, come, goes down to eat some more food, up and down and up and down. You're prematurely wearing the dog's body out. We have so deeply gotten into this. Plus, with our food, we use these chelated minerals. And what does that mean? That means that the dog can eat a third less of our food, which for people are they're going to be happy it's a third less cost, but the dog gets all the nutrition. And, it, and it's not how much food the dog eats, it's how much does the body retain of what it eats. What was the biggest surprising thing that you learned in the whole process of, first of all, looking after these animals and then coming up with, I presume you consulted chemists and people with nutrition for the formulation of your gentle giant dog food. What was the most surprising factor? I'm going to tell you something. And unfortunately, it's not a good thing. It's a really horrible thing. When we went to make our food, you have to understand, we didn't make it to ever put it in stores. We're having dogs. We have 50 to 100 dogs in our house, 24 hours a day. We were just trying to care for our dogs. We couldn't stand it. When we would lose a dog, Tracy and I would cry out and literally sob. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. so sensitive because of animal life and death. So we made this food to keep our dogs alive longer. So when we went to make the food, which was after creating the feeding care program, we came to the conclusion the only other thing we could change is the food. So when we went to make the food, you know, we talked and we said, you know, maybe if we, and we can afford it. Let's make the best of the best, and maybe we can pull out another year, maybe a year and a half. And then we found out that dog food companies know something the average person, Alan, doesn't know, which is the more fat content you put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. Wow. The hungrier it makes. So what happens? They're hungrier. You feed them more. And guess what? you got to go buy more dog food, don't you? Yes. All right? Self-serving. And this, and, and let's give, let yeah. me give you a human example. 
I'm sure you've heard about this. Ten years ago in Ohio, a man named Morgan Spurlock went into a McDonald's. He ate every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack at this McDonald's in Ohio for an entire month. He gained 55 pounds and almost died. They made a movie about him called Supersize Me. This is exactly the same principle. High fat content creates empty calories. So here's what happened. And here's how your, your listeners can verify what I'm saying. Go look at the back of your dog food bag. Next to the ingredients is a chart called guaranteed analysis. The first item is protein. The second is crude fat. When you look at the crude fat, you're going to see just about every dog food sold in the United States has a crude fat content of 12 to 22% crude fat. Notice I didn't say healthy fat. The words are crude fat because they contain saturated fat. That is a huge amount of fat. Ours is only what's naturally in the food, which is 9%. It's what's in the food. So everybody else has already got a lot of more fat in the food. And, you know, you hear about people saying, oh, my dog's a picky eater. Well, let me tell you, dogs aren't a picky eater. What it is, dogs love the smell and taste of meat, but they don't like the smell and taste of fat. So when dog food is still a fat, dogs don't want to eat it. And secondly, you hear about all these people saying, oh, my dog's allergic to this. My dog's allergic to that. Well, here's what you, you may not know. Fat contains toxins, not poisons, toxins that cause irritation. It causes allergic reactions. So here you've got dogs eating more than they should, getting allergic reactions, not liking the taste of the food, okay, and, but, and, and smelling it in the food. Well, dog food companies then came to a conclusion. we got to do something if we want to sell more dog food. So what they did some research and found out that dogs will eat chicken fat. So after dog food is made with all that fat put in it, and many of these companies that make it, not, I'm sure not everyone, but I haven't found one yet that doesn't, uh, that afterwards they spray the outside with chicken fat to cover up the smell of the pork fat on the inside. So go feel dog food. Go feel cat food, which, by the way, next month we're coming out with our, our cat food. I wanted, to, I wanted to know that because I said to my wife, okay, I said to my wife this very morning, I said, because I, I researched, I spent the whole weekend looking at you, your dog food and content and, and, and your site. And I was very, very impressed. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, you know, unabashedly, I'm in love with my cat. Oliver is aging. And I said to myself, I said, I want to have this for my cat. I want to have this so that my cat will live longer. Let me give you the answer. Let me tell you, we are experts with dogs. We have rescued hundreds of cats, whereas we've rescued more than 15,500 dogs, but we've rescued hundreds of cats. Something happened a year ago that caused us now to make cat food. And let me tell you what it was. My wife, 25 years ago, had uh, somebody came to us and they said, you know, we just delivered you all these dogs from Northern California for your rescue. We've got seven feral cats here that we are going to have to take to a shelter and they're going to get put to sleep if for sure because they're feral, meaning they're kind of wild and stuff like that. They said, so if you could take them, you've got this beautiful big building, you know, you put some food in there for them. You, they'll keep the mice away if there's any mice and, and, you know, you can save their lives. Well, of course we, you know, we said, okay, right. So we, we put them in there, but here's what happened a year ago. We lost two of those cats. Mm. One of them was 31 years old wow. and the other was, 32 years old, and guess what they were eating? Our dog food. Really? Even though we had cat food, and we know cat food requires a little more protein. There's a few little things that got to be different. But when we had cat food there, but they, we had both our cat food and our dog food, okay? We have cats. We have cats, but I'm ordering your dog food for my cats. I mean, you know. Yeah, but, well, let me tell you, just wait a month and you'll get the cat food. And in fact, we've got the most amazing testimonials that are on our bag. A veterinarian who, you know, has our food that, you know, he sells to his clients, our dog food. He had a cat and they heard about it. He asked us to send us, you know, you know, because we test for about six months before we put anything out. Right. And he we sent him some of our cat food. His cat he's operated on eight times. And, and all these problems he's tried. He, of course, he's got every access to every prescription and every, every food. Nothing worked. He fed our cat food and there's no more problems with his cat. He says he can't believe it. He is, one of his customers has a Bengal cat, which is kind of like, like a Bengal tiger. Yes, cat. Yeah. And that cat it, it has horrible problems, howling when it goes to the bathroom, in terrible pain constantly. He's done all kinds of things. That it couldn't do, fix anything. We, she, he gave her some of that, our cat food. That problem cleared up. She, she didn't have much. 
So when she was running out, she mixed it with another cat food that was like the most expensive she could buy. And immediately the problem came back. We heard about it. We sent her some more problems gone. There's two out of two. Now, I don't know if this is going to work for every single cat, but let me tell you something. We already know we've had cats that live on this formula, basically the same formula for 31 and 32 years of age. Uh, well, Oliver's getting it. I can tell you that. Oliver's getting it. What's it called, Bert? Gentle Giant, world-class uh, feline nutrition cat and kitten food. And it'll cat be and online for, okay. yeah, it'll Gentle Giant. It'll be uh, first online because... Believe it or not, you, you, know, you think, well, why don't you just go right into stores? Well, stores make decisions a year ahead. So right. we'll probably be, next year we'll be in the Targets and Walmart, but, but immediately we'll be on Target.com, Walmart.com, Chewy.com, Petco.com, PetSmart.com, TractorSupply.com. They'll, they'll all have it you know, in the next month and a half at the latest. And, it's, and actually the food is, is done if we're designing the bag. And if you ever look at one of our bags, you'll see why it takes so long. Because my wife, again, brilliant, she believes that your packaging should be all of the information that you need to know to make an intelligent decision as to which product to buy. Not just an, an airbrushed picture of a dog or a cat with like, you know, you know, feline nutrition or canine nutrition, but in depth, the actual photos of the dogs or the cats that eat the food. You know what I mean? Yes, and, yes. and the veterinarian that describes in his own words exactly why he believes this food is so good. You know, because every bag of dogs that says veterinarian recommended. Try to find the vet's name on there. You can't find it. Try to find a photo of the vet. Try to find something written by the vet about the food. You don't find it. It just says veterinarian recommended. We don't do that. On our bag of dog food, the only dogs you see are the ones that actually eat it. And when you see veterinarian recommended, it's the actual vet with his own words with a photograph outside of his practice, wherever it is in the United States. And, and, and it's all real. I believe you. I know of two other celebrities who have had a passion for, for dogs and rescuing them and caring about them. One is Doris Day. The other one I met, Sam Simon. Uh, you've, you've done, obviously, um, The Simpsons and uh, Futurama and programs like that. Uh, and Sam Simon was a tri-creator along with Matt Goring and, uh, and James L. Brooks. And uh, he dedicated much of his $400 million estate to looking after animals. But I've never heard anyone so effectively and intelligently talk about diet rescuing and extending the lives of animals the way I have you, Bert? Well, well you know, we, we bring it out to the market, and, and, our, and, and we've gotten a reputation, uh, so we have kind of a motto, because we, uh, we don't take any salary from this. Our product actually retails for about half of what you'd pay for in a pet store. Yes. So our motto has been half the price and twice the life. But in the case of Mr. Simon, he came and adopted a dog from us. Did he you did. know that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he did. I, I didn't know and that, but he, he, I've met him. He's a wonderful guy. I had him. I'm, I'm, I also teach film, so I had him come and teach in one of my classes and uh, on, on comedy and what, and what have you. Go ahead. Yeah, but so, so, he, but he came out and he saw. And when people come out here, let me tell you something. It's so funny because the first thing is they can't find the rescue. I mean, and they look around and they say, "I don't see any rescue here." And we let them in the gate, and then and we say, "Well, it's it's here." And they, and they listen for a minute and says, we don't hear any sound. Where are the dogs? Oh, they're in our house. Well, how come we don't hear them? Because they're all trained not to bark unless they sense danger. And uh -huh. people kind of look at you sometimes, you know, Alan, as though like, are you really? Really? Is this real? And we start bringing them out. And it reminds me, have you ever been to a circus where a little tiny car pulls out in the middle of the three rings yes. and all these giant people get out of the car? Absolutely. Well, that's like our house. Even yes. though our house is very large. These dogs keep coming out and coming out and coming out. And people say, oh, my gosh, how can they all fit in that house? I have a very practical question for you. In the middle of the night, how do you get to the toilet, to the bathroom, navigating very yourself? Very carefully, Alan. You have to hold on <laughs> to the walls because these dogs, let me tell you something, they don't spread out. They, they, they cuddle together. It's almost like a quilt that's woven. There's no place to put your feet. So getting to the bathroom is a chore, and it takes like three minutes to get to the bathroom because I have to hold on to the wall because these dogs, let me tell you something, they don't spread out. They, they, they cuddle together. It's almost like a quilt that's woven. There's no place to put your feet. So getting to the bathroom is a chore, and it takes like three minutes to get to the bathroom because I have to hold on to the wall, getting around them without tripping and breaking my neck. They're so big. They don't even, if I fall over, I'm the one that gets hurt, not them. <laughs> If you're just joining us, you're listening to Watching America. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Campbell, and my guest is Bert Ward. This is the second part of a two-part interview. 
The previous one is available on download. But I have to tell you,、uh, and I say this with all earnest、uh, candor, that you are one of the most lovely people I've ever interviewed.、Um, not only, you know, you one sometimes. Has a little bit of, of 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 fear, perhaps, that you might be disappointed in a hero, but I am no way、uh, disappointed in you.、Uh, not only as as a representation of Robin, but as a human being. And this show is called Watching America, and one of the things I hope to do each time with Watching America is to bring good things to the attention of 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 Americans about the fabric of who they are as a people and the kind of persons they produce. You are one of the most optimistic, kind, loving, generous, magnanimous,、um, enthralling personalities、uh, on the American landscape, and you have been bringing so much joy to millions upon millions of people. And far beyond the borders of the United States, you reached a little boy in England, me. But there again, people all over the world, and that's a gifting, and it's a kind of. Uh, ministry that you have, not officially in a clerical sense, but you are reaching people, and so is Tracy.、Um, Can I interject and tell you one thing? What I didn't have a chance to tell you. Sure. On January ninth of this year, I got my star in Hollywood Boulevard. I was going to go、It's、there. A great honor. You know, I, and I got to <laughs> tell you something. I only waited about fifty-one years. I mean, I'm a patient person, <laughs> Alan, but I, that's a little long to wait. But let me tell you, on the same day I got my star, Tracy and I threw a big party afterwards, and we put on the. Well, first annual Burt Ward Global Battusi for Peace World Peace Event. <laughs> yeah, and, and we got people all over the world on videotape. We have them from all these different countries, Australia. We have them Sweden. We even have Israeli soldiers at the Wailing Wall dancing <laughs> the Battusi, and we're putting this out. And the same day that we did that, that same afternoon, we put on. We have a new. We have a new company. It's all charity. It Tracy and I created, and and it's superheroes to the rescue. Okay, and we honor people who have done great things for others. You know, and and there are awards given out, but like in our case, this one of the first awards we gave out, and this is the same day I got my award that Tracy and I were giving out awards, and and it was a young guy that doesn't have a lot of money, but he's a pilot and he loves Batman, and he dresses up as Batman, he dresses his dog as Robin, and he flies to animal shelters across the country where they're going to put dogs to death on the last day. He rescues them and flies his plane to another city and state. Where they could take the dog, because in a lot of cities, you know, they don't have anybody to take that particular、yes. kind of dog.、Yes. And he connected. He got all of this network, and he does this with his own money, and and it's such an incredible charity. So we have spent our life involved with charity. We want the best of mankind.、Yes. There has got to be better for all of us. Yes. And, and what Tracy does, and her energy is is bringing out. She believes that everybody can be a superhero in their own way. Whether it's contributing a blanket at an animal shelter, or just caring for an animal that's injured, or doing something, and she—that's what she talks about, and that's what she has devoted her life and her resources to do this. I—I I want to tell you something I've noticed about Tracy. I watched when you were getting the star、uh, on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and、uh, the video obviously is available on YouTube. And what I was touched by was actually. Seeing Tracy touch you, she very lovingly had her hand on your arm, and she was stroking it backwards and forwards and looking、oh, at you. Very affectionate. When she's not strangling me, she is very affectionate. <laughs> But I just saw the love. I've been married for、um, three decades myself, and so、uh, I really thought this is an exceptional, lovely woman who loves Bert completely,、uh, which was so evident. And 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 in is a joyous person, dressing up in her own Robin outfit and what have you. Oh yes, yes. Robin's girl, but but let me tell you something. I learned a lot from my wife. Okay, not only is she so brilliant in business that most people they talk to her for about ten or fifteen minutes, and they come to me and they say they have a headache. And I say <laughs> why is that? And she says because your wife she、uh, didn't know anything about my business. She started asking me questions, and then she started asking me questions that I couldn't answer. And I realized it would take me six months to fully analyze what she was asking, and my brain couldn't take it anymore. She's a, she, your wife is I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You challenge me. I really want her on. I'm not just saying that. This is not puff. I'm telling you the truth. I want to interview Tracy Posner Ward. I want to. Yeah, and, and she challenged me. Let me tell you something. She taught me about love. 
that I didn't realize how committed, how how important love is to her. It's like her her whole life, and I and I mm. and I keep myself alive as long as I can for Tracy, not just for me, but yes. for her, yes. because she is so dedicated. And 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 you know, when you get a chance to talk with her afterwards. I guarantee you, assuming you don't have a headache, which I'm praying in advance you don't, because she, <laughs> she so imparts a feeling of true innocence and honesty and integrity in the most giving way where you give 100% of yourself. And, and that's what she does every day. Every, you know, we could, we're so fortunate. We could be on some island in the, in the Mediterranean, sipping iced teas and laying out in the sun. But no, what does Tracy do? Seven days a week. 20 hours a day, she personally cares for more than 50 dogs. Yes. The ones that if they hurt themselves, she bandages them. She cares for them. Ones yes. that have this issue or that, she deals with this yes. every single day. A loving person, a beautiful person like yourself. And that's why we have to have her. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, please, Bert, when we hang up, would you tell her about our conversation? And, oh, she's sitting right here, Alan. Uh, can I say a come word on, to her? Can I say hello to her? say hi to Alan quick. Come on, right now, Tracy. Come, come on, right now. Say hi to Alan. She's been listening to the whole thing. Oh, she good. has already got you figured out, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy. Wife, Tracy. <laughs> hi, Tracy. Welcome. I'm so glad to talk to you. I'm so impressed. One of the things I, I said to um, your, your, your Bert, I said I was so impressed on the day of him receiving his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I watched body language and I saw the gentleness and reverence and uh, just exuding of love that you had for your husband. And it was so heartwarming and it speaks to who you are. So you're not only loving to canines and people and persons, but to your husband in particular. And um, I'm, I've been married decades and so I'm a great romantic. And yeah, you know, couples argue and what have you, but I was so impressed by you. Well, uh, it's been really wonderful listening to this interview. And, and to me, I really think that, that each and every one of us on this earth has something special to give. And, and sometimes I don't think people are, are told that enough. I think every one of us, can change the world on personal, national, and even universal levels if we yes, just knew it. And absolutely. that's what we are, are dedicated to. And of course, I love my husband with all my heart. And I think everyone should realize that that we have to be present in every minute that we're living in it, you mm. know, because anything could change in any moment. And you have to show the people that you care about just how much you do. And, and not even just your significant other. I mean, any conversation we have, any moment that we can make a difference, we have to know that, that we are there making that difference. I mean, yes. there are people out there that may not have a smile on their face. And if you smile at them, in today's world, you might prevent a suicide. So really, right. we believe that, that we can all be superheroes when we do whatever we can to help each other, animals, and the world. And that's what we're dedicated to. And, and we are dedicating our lives to that. We, we are, of course, dedicated also to helping all animals and fur family members live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives with a wonderful quality of life. But we really want to let every person know just how special we all are and how much we can give and to give it in every moment that we have. Because every moment that we have may be our last, and yet every ending is a new beginning. So, so that's what we're all about. And, and we believe that, that that's how you change the world when real people talk to each other and make that difference, not, not just in a significant way here or there, but in every moment that we have. You know, you remind me as you were speaking about loving people of, uh, I know you're a composer and a singer uh, and Bert has let us know that. And I'm very interested in that aspect of you as well. But Bert, um, in reference to your music and and you just speaking now, I thought of the song by James Taylor, Shower the People You Love With Love. Do you remember that song? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and that's and, and basically what you're like advocating. That, you know, well, that, well, I want her to sing well. No, I'm, no. I'm not going to sing well. You've had a great interview, and I'm going to leave this about my husband. But in all honesty, I think that that, that is what the world needs. I mean, it, it, yes. needs, it needs songs about loving everything it yes is, yes <laughs> like for example when i um when i uh met bird i i, was, I, I actually it's funny um on the day after i met him um i actually had to leave on the night i guess right after i met him and when i landed he instantly uh 
called me and asked me to marry him. And I said, yes. And <laughs> on that day, I think I wrote like 20 songs about it. So it's, but That's one good. of them was called, I love everything about you. And, uh, I was actually working on, in addition to, to running, uh, companies with my dad, I was also working on writing songs. So the, the long and the short of it was, was at the time my dad says, well, you know, I think I found this company that, uh, if you went and looked at might help you with your things. I said, you know, dad, I really don't need that. I want to do my things on my own and I want to mm-hmm. work with you on, on running our companies. And, and he says, well, I think this could help you. I said, in all honesty, I said, I, I personally believe that any company we've taken over, um, winds up being a great delay. I said, if anything, I think if I go and look at that, it's going to probably delay me. Well, it only delayed me 31 years, but, um, <laughs> but like I, and, and, but here's the funny thing that, that I think a lot of people don't realize is, is that if you are selfless and if you really follow what you see needs to be done. So it's true. At the time, I did want to do my songs. I wanted mm-hmm. to actually uh, work on all this other stuff. But yet, I met my husband. We found a need. We've saved the lives of more than 15,500 dogs. And actually, a lot more. We've stopped counting. We know what's happened. Uh, but the thing is, is that everything you do makes you better. Better to do the thing that you wanted to do the most. Because like, like I said, we wanted to show the world that, that they can all be superheroes. And I think everyone feels that way. And, and that's what we are trying to encourage. So back to my husband. It was wonderful meeting well, you. Well, Tracy, it was wonderful. And I want—I I don't want you to get off before I tell you this. Speaking with you and speaking with Bert has transformed my whole concept of the dynamic duo. You two are the dynamic duo. And your love for each other is, 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 is just ever-present and uh, almost tangible. And the thing of it is, is that you are such an inspiration for relationships, for marriage, for generosity, for reaching out to community and caring for other creatures on this planet, which may not be human. Even. I actually think that we are a, a world of universal beings. I don't really see a difference between animals and people. And I'm not sure that, that anybody really does. Like we always say, oh, we're like the human race. But in all honesty, our our canine kids and our feline kids and our fur family members, we really think that 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 we have kind of extended ourselves out that sometimes the terms we say really aren't what we mean. So to me, I think we're a world of universal beings and and the more we think of it that way, the better we'd be because you didn't talk any different about about your feline kids. I mean, uh, from what I heard in your conversation, it seems like your relationship with them might be deeper than, 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 than you. <laughs> it's deep. Than it's anyone deep. Would believe. So, and, and in all honesty, although I, I totally, totally um, you know, am complimented by being the dynamic duo with my husband, in my mind I always still think of us as as a as a dynamic group because it's funny, you know. We loved Adam West; he yes, was a great yes, friend yes. of ours. We want to include everybody in the love that we have for each other. And you know, I love my husband with all my heart, and and I believe that when you give your all, you should give your all totally. So you know, and that's that's what we do to each other, but also to everyone we talk to. That yeah. you know, when real people talk to real people, that's that's how you change the world. But like, for example, just to show you how, like. Sometimes the littlest things that, that every one of us can do and we don't realize it can make such a difference. Like I was once going into a buffet with my husband. And at the time, as we were like actually going in the door, I get this call from, uh, from this woman who's crying on the other side of the phone. Her dog was dying. And, and the vet told her, you know, like, I think your dog is going to die. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. The dog um, had kidney failure. And um, it's, it's interesting because when I started talking to us, well, you know, I'm not sure how much help I can be to you because actually we've never had a dog have kidney failure here. So she goes, well, that sounds good to begin with if they're all eating your food <laughs> and you've never, I go, well, too, we've never had a dog have kidney failure. So, so I'm, I'm not sure if, it, if our food would cure it, but I'm, I'm sure at least that it's not causing it because, you know, we've had more than 15,500 dogs to here. So, so I said, well, you know, what I would do is, is I would talk to your vet and ask you that, you know, what's the best thing for that using that But actually, what, the funny thing was, is because she had so many other concerns, I wound up, um, my husband went in and ate, and I actually went outside because the place was noisy, and I actually was talking to her on the sidewalk outside of the buffet, and I think I was out there for like an hour just talking to this person about all these things she was concerned about. My husband comes out and goes, what are you doing out here? I thought you were abducted. <laughs> well, you care. Was, you care. And I, but I care. But the funny thing was, was that nine months later, later, I get this letter from this, this uh, woman. And actually, it's on our website. Um, and, uh, and, and it was actually a testimonial that she actually went to her vet. Her vet said that, um, that she could change the food. Um, and, and she wrote the story that, you know, like, you know, we thought we were going to have to put her down. The dog fully recovered, is 
fine to this day. And she wrote this whole long letter that we have up there. And yet, you know, I had no idea that, that anything would help. But yet, when you talk to any one person, think of, I mean, think of how that makes me feel. That the one conversation that, yeah, I mean, I didn't eat with my husband and <laughs> he wasn't totally thrilled at that moment, although he, he was happy once he found out what I was doing. But he, you know, but the point of the matter was, is if you really give us your all to every person, think of what a difference each and every one of us can make. I mean, we really can and are able to walk in a world where everyone is a superhero just by doing whatever we can. And Think of how monumental that could be once every one of us realizes just how special we are. No one is insignificant. Tracy, thank you so much for spending this time with us. You've been an absolute delight. And I, my gosh. This, well, you're this... pretty delightful yourself. Yeah, yeah, Alan, we were very impressed with you. I told Tracy, I said, you know, I'm really looking to this, forward to this interview because let me tell you something. Not only did I listen to your interviews, but I listened when you went on to your friend's uh, interview where you were the guest on her show. So I was very impressed with how much studying you have done. And I, and I told Tracy, I said, you know, I said, I'm really looking forward to this because this is somebody that can, can challenge me in a way that I want to be challenged in the sense of bringing out like the deepest, the best and the most important information and what we can share to make a better world for all of us. So for that, Alan, Tracy and I have to thank you. Well, Bert, I have to tell you, this has been one of the happiest days of my life. I'm telling you uh, completely honestly and earnestly. I've spoken to, you know, many, 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 many people, as we all have throughout our lives, not as many as you probably, but, um, but to talk to you and to find you to be such a stellar, decent, kind human being and moreover, your lovely wife. You know, I've got to tell you something. You're a really talented man. And there's not a lot of really talented people. We all have talents. But there's some that have defined their talents in, in a very amazing way, which you have done. So for us, this is a lot of fun. I couldn't think of any more fun than having done this interview with you. Thank you. God bless you both. You've been so generous and kind. I can't forget it. All right. It. Well, you take care. You Be too. Safe, my friend. Take care. All right. Lots All of right. love. Bye-bye. 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 Shower the people you love with love. Show them the For more information on Burt Ward's dog rescue, go to gentlegiantsrescue.com. You have been listening to Watching America. Our theme music is provided by Razorlight. Our bat sound engineer is Todd Washburn. Our bat producer is Paul Bebo. Our bat senior producer is Gina Gamboni. Our bat executive producer, Chuck Dow. Bat chief of content, Heather Mazzoni. And bat CEO, Bert Schmidt. Special thanks to bat field producer, Anthony Fatinas. I'm watching America's creator and host, Dr. Alan Campbell. Until next time, take care and blessings. Watching America is a production of WHRV Public Media in Norfolk, Virginia.